praying. Somebody touch me while I was praying. Somebody touch me while I was praying. Somebody touch me. Must have been the hand of the Lord. Welcome to Puritan's Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 5 of An Alarm to the Unconverted by Richard Baxter. Heaven itself, that before was looked upon but as a tolerable reserve, which he hoped might serve turn better than hell, when he could not stay any longer in the world, is now taken for his home, the place of his only hope and rest where he shall see and love and praise that God that hath his heart already. Hell, that did seem before but as a bugbear to frighten men from sin, doth now appear to be a real misery that is not to be ventured on or jested with. The works of holiness, which before he was weary of and seemed to be more ado than needs, are now both his recreation and his business and the trade he lives upon. The Bible, which was before to him but almost as a common book, is now as the law of God, as a letter written to him from heaven and subscribed with the name of the Eternal Majesty. It is the rule of his thoughts and words and deeds. The commands are binding, the threats are dreadful, and the promises of it speak life to his soul. The godly, that seem to him but like other men, are now the most excellent and happiest on earth, and the wicked that were his playfellows are now his grief. And he that could Laugh at their sins is readier now to weep for their sin and misery. Psalm 15, 4, 16, 3. Philippians 3, 18. In short, he hath a new end in his thoughts and a new way to his endeavors, and therefore his heart and life are new. Before, his carnal self was his end and his pleasure and worldly profits and credits were his way. And now, God and everlasting glory are his end, and Christ and the Spirit and word and ordinances, holiness to God and righteousness and mercy to men, these are his way. Before, self was the chiefest ruler to which the matters of God and conscience must stoop and give place. And now God, in Christ, by the Spirit, word, and ministry is the chiefest ruler to whom both self and all the matters of self must give place. So that this is not a change in one or two or 20 points, but in the whole soul and the very end bent of the conversation. A man may step out of one path into another and yet have his face still the same way and be still going towards the same place, but it is another matter to turn quite back again and take his journey the clean contrary way to a contrary place. So it is here. 
a man may turn from drunkenness to thriftiness and forsake his good fellowship and other gross disgraceful sins and sit upon some duties of religion and yet be going still to the same end as before, intending his carnal self above all and giving it still the government of his soul. But when he is converted, this self is denied and taken down and God is set up and his face is turned the contrary way. And he that before was addicted to himself and lived to himself is now by sanctification devoted to God and liveth unto God. Before he asked himself what he should do with his time, his parts, and his estate, and for himself he used them. But now he asketh God what he shall do with them and useth them for him. Before he would please God so far as might stand with the pleasure of his flesh and carnal self, but not to any great displeasure of them. But now he will please God. Let flesh and self be never so much displeased. This is the great change that God will make upon all that shall be saved. You can say that the Holy Ghost is our sanctifier, but do you know what sanctification is? Why, this is it that I have now opened to you. And every man or woman in the world must have this or be condemned to everlasting misery. They must turn or die. Do you believe all this, sirs, or do you not? Surely you dare not say you do not, for it is past all doubt or denial. These are not controversies where one learned pious man is of one mind and another of another. When one party saith this and the other saith that, papists and baptists and every sect among us that deserve to be called Christians are all agreed in this that I have said. And if you will not believe the God of truth and that in a case where every sect and party doth believe him, you are utterly unexcusable. But if you do believe this, how comes it to pass that you are so quiet in an unconverted state? Do you think you are converted? And can you find the wonderful change upon your souls? Have you been thus born again and made anew? Be not these strange matters to many of you, and such as you never felt upon yourselves? If you cannot tell the day or week of your change, or the very sermon that converted you, yet do you find that the work is done, and such a change indeed there is, and that you have such hearts as are before described? Alas, the most do follow their worldly business, and little trouble their minds with such thoughts, and if they be but restrained from scandalous sins and can say, I am no whoremonger, nor thief, nor cursor, nor swearer, nor tippler, nor extortioner, I go to the church and say my prayers. They think that this is true conversion and they shall be saved as well as any. Alas, 
This is foolish cheating of yourselves. This is too much contempt of an endless glory and too gross neglect of your immortal souls. Can you make so light of heaven and hell? Your corpse will shortly lie in the dust and angels or devils will presently seize upon your souls and every man or woman of you all will shortly be among other company and in another case than now you are. You will dwell in these houses but a little longer. You will work in your shops and fields but a little longer. You will sit in these seats and dwell on this earth but a little longer. You will see with those eyes and hear with those ears and speak with those tongues, but a little longer till the resurrection day. And can you make shift to forget this? Oh, what a place will you be shortly in of joy or torment? Oh, what a sight will you shortly see in heaven or hell? Oh, what thoughts will shortly fill your hearts with unspeakable delight or horror. What work will you be employed in? To praise the Lord with saints and angels or to cry out in fire unquenchable with devils? And should all this be forgotten? And all this will be endless and sealed up by an unchangeable decree, eternity. Eternity will be the measure of your joys or sorrows. And can this be forgotten? And all this is true, sirs, most certainly true, when you have gone up and down a little longer and slept and awaked but a few times more, you will be dead and gone. And find all true that now I tell you, and yet can you now so much forget it? You shall then remember you heard this sermon, and that this day in this place you were remembered of these things, and perceive them matters a thousand times greater than either you or I could here conceive. And yet shall they be now so much forgotten? Beloved friends, if the Lord had not awakened me to believe and lay to heart these things myself, I should have remained in the dark and selfish state and have perished forever. But if he have truly made me sensible of them, it will constrain me to compassionate you as well as myself. If your eyes were so far open as to see hell and you saw your neighbors that were unconverted dragged thither with hideous cries, though they were such as you accounted honest people on earth and feared no such matter by themselves, such a sight would make you go home and think of it and think again and make you warn all about you as that damned worldling in Luke 16.28 would have had his brethren warned lest they come to that place of torment. Why, faith is a kind of sight. It is the eye of the soul, the evidence of things not seen. If I believe God, it is next to seeing, and therefore... I beseech you, excuse me if I be half as earnest with you about these matters as if I had seen them. If I must die tomorrow and it were in my power to come again from another world and tell you what I had seen, would you not be willing to hear me? And would you not believe in regard what I should tell you? 
if I might preach one sermon to you after I am dead and have seen what is done in the world to come, would you not have me plainly speak the truth? And would you not crowd to hear me and would you not lay it to heart? But this must not be. God hath his appointed way of teaching you by scripture and ministers, and he will not humor unbelievers so far as to send men from the dead to them and alter his established way. If any man quarrel with the Son, God will not humor him so far as to set up a clearer light. Friends, I beseech you regard me now as you would do if I should come from the dead to you. For I can give you the full assurance of the truth of what I say to you, as if I had been there and seen it with my eyes. For it is possible for one from the dead to deceive you. But Jesus Christ can never deceive you. The word of God delivered in scripture and sealed up by the miracles and holy workings of the Spirit can never deceive you. Believe this or believe nothing. Believe and obey this or you are undone. Now, as ever you believe the word of God, as ever you care for the salvation of your souls, let me beg of you this reasonable request, and I beseech you, deny me not, that you would, without any more delay, when you are gone from hence, remember what you heard, and enter into an earnest search of your hearts, and say unto yourselves, Is it so indeed? Must I turn or die? Must I be converted? Or condemned? It is time for me then to look about me before it be too late. Oh, why did I not look after this till now? Why did I venturously put off or slubber over so great a business? Was I awake or in my wits? Oh, blessed God, what a mercy is it that thou didst not cut off my life all this while before I had any certain hope of eternal life? Well, God forbid that I should neglect this work any longer. This concludes episode five of An Alarm to the Unconverted by Richard Baxter.